Matt, you hear me? Hello, Matt. Fuck, I sent him this this invitation to the Skype call like half an hour ago. So. Dimension opening now. Jesus Christ! What the fuck was that? Diego, Diego is you. <laughs> yes. Diego is me. Your your best friend in the whole world and co-host Matt Gringo. Debatable, but okay. But, but not the Matt that you know. Oh. I'm a Matt from a parallel dimension. An alternate universe. Slightly similar to your own, but different in ways that are drastic. Uh, like, like what's, what's different in, in yours that's not the same in mine? Well, let me think. In my universe, famous actor Michael Keaton decided to keep his original name. So he's known as Michael John Douglas. <laughs> Other than that, it is pretty much the same. I can't find my Matt. Would you like to help me record the, this episode on Spider-Verse? Listen, no, I gotta get back to my universe. I can't be spending time here. Oh, okay, why did, why did you come in? All yeah. right, I'll do it. My name is Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved the city, fell in love, then I saved the city again, and again, and again. Look, I'm a comic book, a serial, I did a Christmas album, and a so-so popsicle. But this isn't about me. Not anymore. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Retrospective. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is an alternate universe Matt Garingo. Yeah, people. We're here to talk about uh, Spider-Man. Again, we're close to the end. Still, Still going strong. Uh, trade one man out for another. Traded out a Spider Man. Uh, now we're here to talk about maybe the high mark in terms of reception of the series Spider Man into the Spider Verse, the animated 2017 film directed by. There's a, there's three people here. I want to get their names right. Uh, Peter Ramsey, Bob Parasichetti, and Rodney Rothman. Co-written by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman as well. Uh, Phil Lord, of course, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who did not get to make their Han Solo movie, but have made other very good movies. This this movie makes you wonder what that would have been like. It might have been somewhat memorable. Yeah. Uh, I still stand by what we said on the podcast. Where it's like, yeah. I don't even remember what the fuck I said. <laughs> Basically just like, not a disaster, but... Whatever. But you have to imagine that the people like at Disney saw the reception to Hans to the solo movie after they booted them off and then saw this where they won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature and were like, Maybe we maybe we made a mistake. I'm I'm not even saying that they're gonna like welcome them back or anything like that, or that they even want to go back, but just like that's kind of a perfect turn of events. Now I'm pretty sure Bob Iger just kept counting his money and went, eh, that's nice, good for them. <laughs> I don't even think he, all he didn't even say that. There's no way. Yeah, he probably didn't. Yeah, no. It's probably uh, like, we have to buy a completely new studio in order to produce movies that win awards and then never make any movies <laughs> that will win awards. Matt, why do you think it took so long for them to make an animated Spider-Man movie? Um, because when I heard the announcement that they were making an animated Spider-Man movie, I said, that sounds stupid as hell. <laughs> I, I was not exactly excited about this initially. You know, I, I guess, like, the creative team around it kind of got me excited, but I also it was kind of... This was announced, I think, before Homecoming was. I could be wrong. Or at least in that time, and it kind of felt like it was going to be one of those movies that they didn't end up actually making. <laughs> yeah, know? no, totally. Um, so some backstory on that. My favorite part of these discussion, the production history. Um, oh, boy. Yay! Learning. So, uh, right at the peak of the Amazing Spider-Man franchise's um, uh, popularity around 2013, when people still believed in those movies, they were gearing up to be like, no, we're going to do our Avengers. They, they, they built up to their superheroes. We're going to build up to our supervillains. And we're going to get Drew Goddard to do our Sinister Six movie. And it's like, yeah, well, uh-huh. <laughs> like, okay, okay, weird choice. Tragically didn't happen, like we talked about in the Homecoming episode. But then there was something called Glass Ceiling, which would have been an all-female Spider-People team-up movie, uh, including... It was called Glass... It was called Glass Ceiling? It was called... Yeah. Yeah. 
That was the code name. I'm hoping that was just like a code name. Yeah, they, they, there was never an official name for it because it never got off the ground. And they're like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna do Venom again." And I'm just picturing these executives like patting themselves on the back. No, yeah, like it's, like, it's it was bad. Uh, and then mm-hmm. one of those projects was was Spider Verse. This movie will be perfect for when Hillary Clinton finally wins in 2016. No, Matt, don't you understand? People just didn't like her because they wanted Bernie, and not because she has like a terrible history with communities filled with people of color or anything like that. Well, you know me, Diego, as a Bernie bro. <laughs> not only did I not vote for Hillary Clinton, I actually cast a bunch of fake ballots. <laughs> How can people believe that? I don't know. People don't. Re- I'm not getting into uh, that. We, we No, that's <laughs> not what this is about. Um, talk about an unexpected virtue of ignorance. No, stop bringing that movie up on my podcast. I'm really glad Michael John <laughs> Douglas won an Academy <laughs> Award for that. <laughs> I'm assuming the same happened here. Actually, yes, yes, it did. It's super weird. I'm hoping he didn't. I'm hoping he didn't lose the Academy Award at the last second to some other fucking guy. Whoops. <laughs> I seem to be more in tune with your universe than you are. <laughs> I just don't care about awards anymore. I, I lost track. I'm sorry. No, no, you, you don't care about the unexpected version of ignorance. <laughs> if someone came to you with a script and that was like the subtitle to it, would you ever stop hitting them? Once they said that they wanted their movies to be projected in a temple, well then I would have heard them out. <laughs> Me. Which is a real thing that director said, but we're not going to spend any more time on that either. Um, I have to be honest, I wasn't that like excited about an animated Spider-Man movie either. Like I've always kind of believed that Spider-Man kind of belonged in long-form animation, uh, even more so than movies. Mo- movies can do it great, obviously, like we've discussed many times on here. But um, there's something about the the character's lifestyle and like the, the narrative journeys that that you could take with him and his co-stars and his supporting cast. Um, lends itself to animation better, and I never considered, like, a movie animation. And then I heard they were doing Miles Morales, and I have to be honest, something a little controversial, maybe. I really love the character, but he's kind of Mm -hmm. like a Jon Stewart, a Green Lantern to me, where it's like, this is a great character. They rarely get anything interesting to do that's not tied to, like, their prior incarnation, you know? Well, also, also like Jon Stewart... All their best stories tend to be outside of the comics. Yep, <laughs> which is which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, uh, Miles Morales. When did when did he officially like become a character? Uh, two thousand ten or two thousand eleven. Because we can tie that back really quick. Because um, Donald Glover was like petitioning to to be the next Spider Man or something like that. Like I don't even know if he was petitioning that hard. Just he was saying like, why can't he be black? Yeah, I think that was it. And then. That kind of like it led to Brian Michael Bendis creating Miles Morales at some point. Yeah, one of the uh, the best things he's done, and I'm not yeah. even a, a hater. Just that's good, good on well, him. I think if if there was like if I was going to be like the one comic of Brian Michael Bendis's to read, I would probably say Ultimate Spider Man. Yeah, um, I think his run on that was really good. Although I did stop like just before Miles Morales showed up. <laughs> Um, it was like that whole ultimatum thing. Do you remember that? Barely. When they like blew up the ultimate universe and like killed everyone. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like I, it was just like, at that point I was like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. Oh, comics. How you yeah. wound me and insult me. How you continue me. to disappoint. Yeah. No, but now it's great because now movies can disappoint us too. Yay. Um, just kidding. Spider-Verse is, is great. I'm not even gonna hide it. Uh, we'll get we'll get into that right now. Um, if you don't like this movie, I don't understand. I don't. Know. I haven't heard anyone bad talk this movie. Like like say shit about it. I feel like there's some contrarians out there who have like a take where it's like actually into the Spider Verse supports fucking Nazism or some shit. <laughs> like <laughs> you know those people. Yeah. Or, like, uh, I'm surprised I haven't heard, like, a Randian take or something like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could, because that would be, like, the ultimate, like, a Mr. Fantastic level stretch, but I could see someone doing that, you know? It, it would be bullshit, well, well, but I could see it. 
like Grandians and like Libertarians, they seem to only latch onto stuff when they think it supports their side. Spider-Man swings in once a day, zip zaps up in his little mask and answers to no one. I love you, moms. Yeah, I know that. You gotta say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I, I wanna hear it. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's a copy. I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase Roger Ebert here for a second. Oh yeah. Uh, because, you know, he was not alive to review this, oh, but yeah. um, he, he had a great quote when, uh, of all movies, Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out, um, and he, he said that it was a, it was at the simultaneously a technical achievement and a great movie, which is incredibly rare, <laughs> and he compared it to, like, 2001 and E.T., and I would, I would say the same thing about into the Spider-Verse, where it's this, like, amazing technical achievement in terms of animation, but also a great, a story that complements its level of achievement. Which you have to imagine is, like, incredibly difficult, considering we've had three Spider-Man reboots <laughs> in the past 20 years. And they're all very fresh. And then they basically have to do another Spider-Man story another origin Spider-Man story, and not just that, like, really lean into the origin story, and but still make something very compelling, is uh, very interesting. I think what makes it work is that it's, its narrative not only supports the, the animation and the, and the technical aspects, it's really a story about a kid expressing himself through art, with, with uh, his, his graffiti art, how that correlates to his identity as spider-man how everyone like like the best of, of the spider-man movies thus far spider-man 2 how everyone kind of feels like they got their own thing going on that they're they're alone in the world and no one's really alone even though it feels like it at times you know um yeah it's about it's about discovering who you are like but it's also like a an hour and 45 minute long movie <laughs> and it's it packs so much in that, it's pretty long for an animated film. Yeah, I mean, it's almost too long, but I it doesn't overstay its welcome at all. I just feel it's very it's packed to the to like the brim with goodness. Well, it's so much. There's so much in this movie that like by the end you're exhausted. Yeah, yeah. And not in a bad way either. Like yeah. fulfilled, you know. fulfilled. Well, it's, it was like because I just rewatched The Lion King, and it's like crazy that like that movie's 88 minutes. Is it? What the fuck? Yeah, it's, yeah. That's... Um, but enjoy the t enjoy the two hour version that's dropping soon. I won't be, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, many people aren't either. So whatever. Honestly, that's the thing. Most animated films they rarely crack the like ninety minute mark, and I think more should. But I think it's that. I think it's more because of like we got to pack as many screenings in as possible. <laughs> mentality that kind of rules kids' animation sometimes. Like this is honestly, it's crazy that this movie exists. It's crazy that it exists, that it's good, that it's it's got it's not just like, oh well it was cool to see this comic I liked back in the day in a movie format. It uses like the fact that there have been that many iterations of Spider Man as like like a metaphor for the, the character to live up to, but also like this kind of meta statement about the film having to live up to that. And it's just so weird that it all works. It is, it's, honestly, it's crazy that that's like, well, that's like Lord Miller's thing. I don't get how they keep getting away with it, <laughs> like, because it's like, you know what you're getting every time, but it still really works, and, like, here it works crazy well. Also, it doesn't, but it doesn't draw as much attention to itself as you would think, you know? Mm -hmm. um, like, in a way, like, I mean, the 21 Jump Street movies are straight-up comedies, so they just underline it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they made one of the few, like, good comedy sequels. Oh, yeah. That's how talented well, they are. They, they Motherfuck that. They made, they made one of the few successful reboots of, like, an 80s TV show that is does not hold up. <laughs> like, the sh they made a great movie out of a really bizarre artifact. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, they made a movie with a Johnny Depp cameo, and that doesn't distract from the movie. <laughs> they keep getting away with stuff that, like, shouldn't work. Again, like, because I, I remember, like, and I don't want to put all the credit on them. A lot of people worked on this movie. 
Um, this one definitely feels like like you cannot give w- one single person credit for this one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, or any of their films, to be fair. Um, but you know they did those the twenty one twenty two Jump Street, and then they did the Lego Movie, which I also thought would never work. <laughs> when it was like I saw previews for it, and then it was like a massive hit. And then they did this, which also was like, to me, it's like there aren't every superhero animated film up to this point like wasn't successful, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the only other times I can think of a, an animated superhero film that was in theaters, it was like Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, which is which yeah, was even critically loved, but not critically loved, but like notoriously bombed. And then there was like the Lego Batman movie, like the year before this, and that's like it. So it's not even like a proven market. Like superheroes are a proven market, but not like adaptation animated adaptations of superheroes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then it's also it's not going to be a straight up comedy. Like this is a very funny movie, but it's definitely not a straight up comedy. And it's not it's not a parody, but it's got like parody element. It works on like so many like contradictory levels. It's just kind of nuts. Back when we talked about Jaws and probably a couple other movies since then, but Jaws is kind of the high mark of movies in general, <laughs> uh, where it, it kind of hits this four quadrant thing. Even though that's you know it's at times a horror movie, it's at times like a like a sea adventure film, uh, it's a family drama. Um, that it, it it really does hit those four quadrants for like mass audiences. I think Spider Verse does the same thing, even though it's an animated movie, kind of like further testament to that the idea that animation is not just for kids and i think like people that are moderately aware of things understand that i think it's just not that you know common to to discover i guess like in in general audience circles um but i will say i saw this a few times in theaters um and the first time i saw it the vibe in the theater was really weird because it was like little kids and then like forty year old comic book nerds, <laughs> and they were all it just it created a really weird vibe for that whole movie. Not one that detracted from the movie, but it was like something that I couldn't ignore. Um, subsequent screenings were a lot better, but <laughs> it was an odd first viewing because um, there was a lot of like it, there was a lot of attempts to get claps started that didn't work. <laughs> oh, that's always you know kind of awkward. About. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that we're at the end of the clapping at things <laughs> in theaters movement. You know um, what? I, I, I like when audiences get into it. It's just uh, I don't mind. No, I don't mind that. I just don't like it when it's like, oh, he picked up Thor's hammer. Oh, <laughs> like which I think is cool and fun, but I don't need like everyone to be like, Whoa! like. It's like, this isn't a hockey game. <laughs> this isn't a fight on the ice. It's I, just I don't know. That, that, that made that movie more fun for me by the end. I liked everyone getting into it. That I guess, but it's like, it just feels like, it, with something like that, it's like every other scene got people to be like that. Oh yeah, but those and are like, some, you know. <laughs> but at some point, I'm like, you know, like this is, you know, you guys are being played with, right? <laughs> Like, this scene's only in the movie to get you to do that. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying now, yeah. Like, it's, it, there's no, it wasn't, nothing was building to it. <laughs> like, there wasn't like, oh, you know what, uh, Captain America has got some self-doubt, maybe he has lost the touch. And then when he picks up that hammer, you're like, nope, he's still Captain. And it's like, no, he picks it up because, like, that's a thing. <laughs> like, that's fun, yeah, that's cool, I'm like, you know. It's nice to see, kind of like how it's nice to see, you know, a painting of, like, <laughs> Michael Myers fighting <laughs> Pinhead or something. Like, that's cool, but it's not a movie, really. There's a movie I saw recently that had a similar reaction, and I totally get where you're coming from now. And, uh, yeah, that, it's also that like got a, annoying. Have you seen that trailer for the fucking Banana Splits horror movie? Oh, yeah. Like, where it's like, that's a funny idea for a trailer. <laughs> but, like, it, as a movie, it's, like, probably not gonna work. Yeah, well, I'm sure it'll be it, it'll be somewhat interesting, because there's nothing else like that, really. 
supposed to like that'll probably work for about thirty minutes. Well, apparently that was the, the people behind this that that movie were some of the first people who pitched the Five Nights at Freddy movie, and they got rejected. And they were like, "Well, we have this concept we really like. What can we attach it to?" Oh, all right. <laughs> I, well, I good thing that funny. Five Nights at Freddy's Fed is still just as popular as it was when the movie went into production. And crickets. I this, there's this great story I go to. It's the only way I can stay in touch with what's popular. <laughs> it sells all these like used books and used DVDs, but they like the middle shelves, like the ones you everyone has to walk through, will have like the 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 it thing, the popular thing on it. <laughs> so. Like, all the Game of Thrones books were up recently because of the Game of Thrones movie. There's all this Avengers and Infinity Gauntlet-related stuff. And lately, the big thing is in video games is Fortnite. There's Fortnite shit everywhere. And that was that replaced Five Nights at Freddy's, <laughs> which replaced, I think, uh, Minecraft. Oh, yeah. I like that Minecraft. Minecraft still holds I like, up, though. I, I'm, not, I'm not, like, against any of that. I, honestly, I don't know anything about any of it to have a real opinion. <laughs> no, but I, I, I get what you're saying. I enjoyed yeah. it. It's just that, like, what's popular with the kids? It's like, now it's Fortnite. If, you're, if you ever people watching, you get to see a lot of, like, 70-year-old grandparents being like, my grandson's into this thing called Fortnite, and he needs, he says he needs something called digital currency. <laughs> It's both hilarious and depressing at the same time. <laughs> hey, remember when uh, when Fat Thor played uh, Fortnite? Oh, get it? Because uh, I don't know remember what that, that was for. Yeah, yeah, that was in the movie. Remember, uh, how did he get fat? I don't know. Well, it's, no, he see, did, the he... thing is, it's uh, they, they made him uh, depressed and sad, and, and that makes him funny. Everyone laughed at him a lot in the movie. I don't mind laughing at sadness and depression. I don't mind that's it what I'm if he- there's a point to it and there's not. That's, that's what I'm here for. I'm, I'm, I'm loving that. No, but no. It's the, I don't understand the visual shorthand. Because <laughs> he's Thor. <laughs> and then we, we just had one other movie, what, the previous Avenger movie, two back, that he could drink a lot and it wouldn't really affect him because he's a god. You would have to drink all the booze on the planet. <laughs> I promise you, you've put more thought into that concept than the people who made the movie. I will I will admit, though, it did make me laugh. I'm very lowbrow sometimes. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm all cynical about them now. But anyways. It was, just, it was just good to see Korg back. Oh, Korg was the shit. Korg made me happy. And that movie did not make me happy. But Korg, I want there to be a trilogy of Korg movies. Or you know what? No, not even a Korg standalone. Just put him in other movies. Make him an Avenger. Right. No, just put him in any other movie. It's like a romantic comedy, and then Korg shows up. Like hey. two scenes. Hey, there. I'm here for a blind date. Uh, uh, <laughs> with my mate. This is Meek. He's here for the double Meek. blind date. Right, Meek? <laughs> those oh, eggs? God, that'd be perfect. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that'd be amazing. That's what Takeaway TV should do. They just like, nah, I don't want to make another Marvel movie. I want to make like other movies, but I'll do these Korg short films. Do you know he's voicing IG88? What? He's voicing IG88 Whole... in, the, in the Mandalorian series. I knew he was directing an episode. Now I've never been more excited for it. I'm not sure if it's totally confirmed, but he they took a picture of him recording lines, and the person on the screen was IG-88. Oh, God, that's fucking amazing. So, it's gonna, like, piss off so many hardcore fans, and it's gonna make me so happy. Now I think The Mandalorian will be, like, really interesting. Because at first, it's like, you know, of course they're gonna do that shit. But that that gives me hope. That gives me a lot of excitement. I am actually excited about The Mandalorian. Like, it's just a lot of weird stuff thrown together. Yeah, the, the casting I'm crew, hoping the directors, uh, Warner fucking Herzog. <laughs> yeah, I'm just hoping that's where all the generic Star Wars ideas are going. To the TV stuff? Yeah, because, like, it was... I felt like Solo was, like, an attempt to, like, push Star Wars in a more generic direction. Not the, not the shit on Solo some more. But, like, again, I said Solo would work better as a TV series. 
And I'd rather see the movies, like, every time a new movie comes out, it feels like a different experience. I don't want to be getting the same Star Wars experience with every movie, you know? Yeah, they, they made it work for this new trilogy so far. Don't do it oh. again, so. <laughs> and they even made it work for that one Rogue One movie. Yeah, I, lo- I love Rogue I was, One but, still. I know that but, one's kind but, of, the tide, the tide has kind of turned on that one a little bit, but. Yeah, I definitely don't love it, but I, there's, there's enough to it that I'm like, that could have been something. Yeah. And that's how I've been enjoying all movies lately. <laughs> that's so well, like enough. I no, it's like honestly, I can watch those uh, the fucking Infinity War Endgame thing because I'm like, oh man, I can imagine a really good movie. <laughs> well, that needed to be a trilogy, but I don't want to get into that. No, you know what it needed. I'm sorry, not to get. No, 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 go fucking go for it. We're here. They needed one more. They needed to take Age of Ultron. No. And I'm not going to shit on Age of okay. Ultron. I'm just saying. I think Age of Ultron is two great movies shoved together. That's the nicest thing they, you've ever said about it. It is, yeah. They should have split it. And they should have just made the first part about Hydra. And then Hydra makes the, like, you know, the, the twins or whatever. Um... You know, what were the what, Quicksilver and the other one? Scarlet Witch. The one yes. who's still alive, you can't remember yeah. her name. <laughs> Quicksilver's just an easier name to remember. Um, and maybe make more so that there can be multiple counterparts to the Avengers. Like, oh, we have a team and they're all the opposite of you. And, like, that could have been a fun movie. And then you could have put the Bucky shit in there. Oh, yes. And, and made it work. And then... You do Age of Ultron, and that's when the heroes split up, and then you do Civil War. <laughs> like, give it some more time. And then, also, I think it would help if there could have been, like, if the Captain Marvel movie that came out between Infinity War and Endgame, if that had been, like, Captain Marvel 2. Because <laughs> there's this great line in Endgame where Captain Marvel's like, look, you idiots. This shit is affecting the galaxy more of the galaxy than just earth and it's like this great little glimpse of like how much damage this has actually done and then they do nothing with it yeah um like there's this great shot of like you know all the like boats in new york city and shit and you're like oh man there's it, like this solved nothing which would have been a great point for that movie to make where it's like hey look it makes sense that thanos thought this would help but it didn't help at all <laughs> And that would have been a really cool point to make. And then they just go, yeah, but the whales are back, so I guess it's even. (laughs) That's the line that, like, breaks the movie for me. It just confuses me. (laughs) I'm like, who wrote that? A couple of hacks. (laughs) Whatever. There's talent in those movies. It's just buried under corporate (laughs) nonsense (laughs) and fan service. But you know what? It's better than Last Jedi. (laughs) I was about to go for my water right now. Thank God I didn't. (laughs) Hey, but don't you you see, Diego, all my fan theories paid off. And even the ones that didn't, they they just gave me a different fan theory that wasn't mine. But it was a theory nonetheless. And that means it's good. It wasn't... They didn't make some statement about how your theories don't matter because that's not what movies are about. It was it, it gave me something. Yeah, maybe movies aren't supposed to help us like understand the better nature of characters and their worldviews. Instead, we're just supposed to see people punch the purple man. I love this show, but I think Breaking Bad might be partly responsible for it. Ah, oh, you for think this so? World we live in. Yeah, because that's a show where like they made sure in the last episode like everything paid off. Mm. But even though what I love about those writers is that they were always very clear that they were making it up as they went along. Like, they wrote that one opener where they show Walter White coming back to town a year later, and he's got a fucking giant machine gun in his trunk. Yeah. And then they just went, like, yeah, we don't know where that's going. We'll find a way to use it. <laughs> like, I really like that attitude, but it's also, like, people are like, that's a satisfying ending. Because the things happened. Whereas the greatest series ending of all time is The Sopranos. And <laughs> it goes, fuck you. I like that take, actually. That was pretty good. Don't stop believing. I'm cutting like 20 minutes out of this episode already. It's amazing. No, because honestly, honestly, here's something I gotta say. Mm-hmm. I really don't have much to say about Into the Spider-Verse, which might sound crazy, 
Because it's like, I just, there's, it's already been talked about. And I feel like I would just be repeating a lot of the same stuff that's already out there. And a lot of what I would be saying is just like, remember when that happened? That was great. Yeah. That's, and that I is don't, totally don't what I thought do. about was our Lego Batman episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. And I almost wish this was the last episode we were doing because we could kind of like look over all the films so we got one fucking more movie to do. Don't um, don't say anything about it. I won't. No, I won't give away anything. Um, I honestly, can't, I, I can't shut the fuck up. So I already messed up. But there's hope for eh, you. Yeah. Eh, eh. Well, it'll, it'll. I'm more annoyed at everything around movies today <laughs> than the movies themselves. Um, because I just want to watch a fucking movie about a fucking kid who gets bit by a fucking spider. <laughs> And he's got fucking powers, and he's got to fight the fucking guy, and he's got to learn something about his fucking self, and then he's got the girl that he fucking loves, and it's just, ah. Not to be so gender binary about it, it could you go anyway, but I want a fucking movie where someone just fucking gets their fucking powers, and then the shit happens. Which is another testament to just how fucking crazy it is that Spider-Verse works in any capacity. But it's got a really cute, like, friendship that kind of blossoms into a romance. Uh, it, does, it never <laughs> really gets to romance, thankfully. It's, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's a better way to put it. But, um, like, Miles is interested in her. And you think it might be like this will-they-won't-they thing, but it just becomes, like, a friendship thing. Like, it could go there for the next movie. Which I think they have said that's their intention. Which fine, that's fine. Which um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fine with that if if Gwen's into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, there's kind of a thing in this where it's like Miles is like he's it, there's a big part of him like just noticing girls and that girls might like him. Like I mean, there's even a little moment where a girl at the beginning says like, "Oh, Miles, we miss you," and then like it takes him a second. He's like, "Miss me? Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice little like touch, and. Because there's that moment in life where that switch gets flipped. <laughs> yeah. And we're kind of, that's, you know, that's the Spider-Man thing. It's like we we usually meet this character right then. I want to talk a little bit about this, the whole Spider-Verse stuff in a second. But I also want to say that um, movies like this, and it's going to sound weird, like a weird comparison. Alita Battle Angel? Uh, there are often moments, either through dialogue or like uh, writing on walls or posters and signs... Where characters are not speaking in English, and it's not translated for anyone. Like Miles's mom speaks Spanish often, Spanglish, uh, a little mix of both, and it's not translated ever. It's just a common part of that character's world. Uh, and then I saw that again in Alita: Battle Angel towards the end, where someone had a sign that said "Cabeza uh, uh, Robotica," robot head girl, and. I don't, it just, it got me a little emotional, honestly. Like, not like, not like a huge swooning, like, like, uh, crying into my, my arms or anything, but. Thankfully, it feels like that's where this, our culture's heading. Which I'm, I'm very thankful for. Which is why we gotta build that wall. Oh, fuck. And Mexico's (laughs) gonna pay for it. Oh, you guys have one of those, uh, in the other universe, too? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, Vince McMahon, President McMahon, I mean. He's just, he's fucking everything up. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Once the XFL took off, he just used that to, like, coast to, like, superstardom. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, well, I can't help you over here either, so. Like, I mean, thankfully, like, like a couple weeks ago, this, I don't know if you have this guy here, but this fucking asshole named Donald Trump, he, like, fell into a ravine and got eaten by wolves. And, like, for, like, a day, like, I kind of felt good about things, because, like, you know... Just desserts for being a huge asshole. Um, but then, like, you're just reminded that that didn't really solve anything. Because the problems seem to be bigger than just one man. Bigger than one spider man. I'm, I'm sure that is still satisfying for a moment, though. Oh, no. It was, I mean, I, it was fucking great. I think about that during dark times. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's so good. It's so rarely do the villains in life get justice. So rarely do people who start illegal wars... <laughs> face consequences instead they end up on some ranch where they just paint pictures all day and everyone's like oh he's kind of funny now that he's not 
making actual decisions. Yeah, don't rehabilitate war criminals. Anyways, speaking of villains, there are a bunch of them in this movie. And because this was actually... What really kicked off the production of this movie was the Spider-Verse comic book that I just mm. know about in passing, uh, written by Dan Slott as one of the big Marvel events of, like, 2014 or something like that. Wasn't that the one where they were building everything up to, like, that massive universe reboot? Yeah. Like, it was. I think it was like, leading into that. It was Spider-Verse and then Secret Wars again. Well, because, like, every, every series kind of went crazy at the end. Yeah, um, like they all started not, doing not not a bad story, but this is kind of the part where you're like, oh yeah, Dan Slott has been on this book for a while now. Mm. How long? Yeah, he wrote that for a while. How long did he write? I think he wrote it? for a decade. I think Nick wow. Spencer barely took over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm a, I'm a Slot defender. I, I I like a lot of his stuff. Um, I think I get why some people don't like certain writers because it's like you know. They're all going to have their certain things that is just the same in every comic. Mm-hmm. And I like it too, but I also, I kind of, I, I just bailed on Spider-Man comics after one more day. Well, like that. Well, yeah, it, of course. <laughs> it really, like it, it depressed me in a way that I didn't expect it to. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was so bad I, that it destroyed the U.S. economy. Yes. <laughs> like that, those things happening in the same year is not a coincidence. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. But, you know, Spider-Man's got to be single because we only know how to write those type of relationships. God, it's so funny. When really fucking Brian Michael Bendis was sitting in the corner the whole time being like, hey, how about there's more than one? Like, this is the answer. This The answer is just to do with the, all these different Spider-Man. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I can get the Spider-Man who's got a stable relationship. Or I can get the Spider-Man who's just starting out. Or I can get the one who's, like, got a robot friend. Along with all those Spider-Man... Uh... I like that this movie has the, an abundance of villains, not just to, like, physically match the other characters, but we get, like, weird iterations of them that we never see before. Like, the scorpion is literally half scorpion in this. Yep. Like, a robot scorpion thing. Um, Tombstone is, like, a, a John Wick-style hitman. Yeah, it's crazy to think that Tombstone's in a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, check him out also in the PS4 video game. Which he's, he's yes. a fun mini boss in that, um, and by King fun Finn. you mean frustrating. Frustrating, yeah, but like in a fun way. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I guess that uh, game mixes things up enough that nothing ever really gets to be that bad. Yeah, uh, and of course Kingpin, who's voiced oh, yeah, by the Kingpin, Leave Schreiber in this. Yeah, the Kingpin in this is incredible. I oh. just loved every moment of the Kingpin. I love just the way like he's car- he's obviously cartoonishly big because you can do that in one of these. But just the way, like, he so consistently occupies every inch of the frame. <laughs> like, yeah. when he's walking or even just fighting, he's almost like a Godzilla-style monster just stomping around. Yeah, it's like, well, it's like a mix of, who's the artist that drew Kingpin that way? Um, fuck. Was it the Frank Miller one? Frank Miller might have done it, but, like, who's the, it's the, the other guy did a really good job at it, and I can't remember his name. Straczynski? Uh, yes. Oh, fuck, I'm good. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I forgot his name. Um, it's like a mix of that, but You're it's welcome. also the like Orson Welles in Touch of Evil thing, <laughs> where Orson Welles, that's when he put on all the weight, <laughs> so he could play the corrupt police detective, so in like every frame, he's like dominating it, and it's like, but it like really works. He does that in uh, Chimes at Midnight, too. Um, he did that in a couple of his later films where he was big man, Orson Welles. <laughs> Fuck, Orson Welles is Kingpin. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? It would have worked. Yeah. Spider-Man, I see you've broken into my wine cellar. (laughs) You can't even fight him, he's so drunk. Yeah, he's like, (laughs) Spider-Man. Tombstones. Ah, the Spider-Verse has always been celebrated (laughs) for its diverseness. Um... (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh, and I also want to give a shout out to Catherine Hahn as Olivia Octavius. Oh, that was great too. Yeah, so uh, fucking awesome. No, I would say the voice cast in this is pretty incredible. Um, I'm not always a fan of the, the like celebrity voice casting because there's usually like a lot of talented voice actors who get the shaft in those situations. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like Maurice Lamarche could have easily been the kingpin. <laughs> But I do like Leif Shriver as him. Um, I wish I could say it was great to see against Spider-Man, but it's not. Like, <laughs> shit like that. 
It's really cool. Um, but yeah, like top to bottom, this is a great cast. Yeah. Um, and one special shout out for me uh, for my new girl references are finally paying off because Jake Johnson as old man Peter Parker, uh, Nick Miller himself from New Girl, is so like perfect for schlubby dad bod Spider Man. I was just I, losing my mind. I feel bad because I've never watched New Girl. I know. You keep telling know. me to. Um, I might. I, one of these days, I'll have free time to do it. Yeah. Um, you know me. I'm super busy being bedridden and ill all the time. <laughs> I don't feel bad about laughing at that. <laughs> no, I laugh, sorry. So. That makes it okay. <laughs> We're equal opportunity offenders here at the Waffle Press. No, Matt, don't, Smile don't understand. If you're making jokes, you have to offend people to be funny. That's what people keep telling me. You gotta push boundaries, man. Yeah, otherwise you're not doing comedy. It's the only thing that's ever funny. You know those fucking Marx Brothers. They were always fucking... I also really loved the appearance of the Prowler. His theme music was amazing, by the way. You gotta point that out. Oh, it's like this oh. weird, like... I, what What is that? It's like some kind of... Horn. It's like a it's like a reverb or something. Like I don't know music at all, so <laughs> I'm using terms that I don't understand. And it's it's so good. It's like almost a horror movie kind of deal. Um, yeah, that thing pumps me up every time that happens. And uh, it was Mahersha Ali um, as Uncle Aaron, the Prowler. Yeah, uh, Mahershala Ali's incredible actor. Man, he had a good ye- he had a good couple years in him. Like, he just keeps popping up in shit I like. Yeah. Uh, and one thing I despise beyond <laughs> all reason. Yeah, but even he seemed apologetic about, like, oh, I didn't... Yeah, like, I've things, never so. seen a guy, like, so upset that he won. But he keeps popping up in the retrospectives, too, for, like, Predators. And uh, he oh, keeps yeah. dying. So, I promise one day I'll talk about a movie with Mahershala Ali where he does not give die. Him, give him something really good. Because he fucking even died in Alita. Oh my god. And I was like, well, I'll talk about Moonlight. I love Moonlight. Oh, fuck. Ladies and gentlemen. My name is Miles Morales. I'm the one and only Spider-Man. At least that's what I thought. You ever hear of the Super Collider? You're gonna love this. Dimension opening now. You're like me. That's impossible. Who's the main kid in this? Shamik Moore as Miles Morales. He He was in Dope. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a movie you should all see. Which, like, that was big for, like, a minute, and then people stopped talking about it. Dope's really good. Yeah, they almost gave that yeah. guy uh, the Flash movie, the guy who directed Fucking that. Fucking should've. Yeah, Fucking no. Fucking should've given it to him. <laughs> yep, because now they can't get that shit off the ground, so. Jesus Christ. It's, like, right there. <laughs> It's like, oh, dope, that's your Flash movie, do it. My God, how fucking hard is it to be in Hollywood executive? Apparently very, but only because they're all fucking idiots. Um, uh, Shamik Moore was also in The Get Down. Yeah, The Get Down. I really liked that uh, show. Which I think only lasted two seasons, because that seems to be Netflix's thing, uh, Actually, one season, and it didn't oh. blow up on, like, Stranger Things level, so, mm. which is too well, bad. That was, like, the same year as Stranger Things, too, wasn't it? Yep. It was like everyone, like those were like the two. Well, no one thought. Like, how did Stranger Things blow up so much? Like, I was thinking about that. I think it just hit at the right time. Because it hit the that's right when the time. 80s I, nostalgia started really coming in. No, but like eighties nostalgia has been a thing for like a decade. But no, like, like we this should is be the height of it right now, and it started but around I, that time. I think it got embraced. No, because I honestly, I feel like we're we. It came out during the decline of eighties nostalgia, in my opinion. Um, but now I feel like we're nostalgic for 80s nostalgia, <laughs> which is odd. Like, we're, like, skipping the 90s, like, and just doing, like, we're just repeating the 80s in a weird way. But something about Stranger Things, I think it just hit, like, all these certain groups, and then they all started talking to each other. <laughs> which I heard not, about not it to like, make it a Stranger Things podcast, but I also think that's kind of the beauty of that first season. Because mm-hmm. it's like three separate stories that become one larger story by the end. Yeah. And that's something the, the, the other two seasons have struggled with. Yeah. Uh, Even, not to also go deeper and change things, but I really like season three. So yeah, season three was a very big upturn in my opinion. Yeah. And I didn't even hate yeah. season two, but like season three was, I, I was happy to be back on board. Yeah. Well, it was like season two was like one I, like I was kind of like, 
like I was dreading revisiting, like watching the new season before it started. And now I'm like, fuck, I want to rewatch it. It it was just which is, so much fun. Like there's genuine issues with that series, totally. Oh no, no, there's but, a uh, lot of issues. I would never claim it as a perfect thing. Yeah, but um, um it, it took me to a happy place and it gave me feelings at the end that I didn't expect. It really is show. those cha- those characters and the chemistry between the actors cuz they make shit work that like I would normally hate. Yeah, like uh I re- I watched for the first time Night of the Creeps and I I, mm. I didn't love it, but then I got vibes from this season of Stranger Things about it, like with the, mm. the underground military base and science stuff. And yeah, I was yeah. like, "Oh, this is what those people must have felt when they first saw Night of the Creeps." And I guess for some reason it just didn't hit me but stranger things did so i don't yeah, know yeah, well no S- stranger things is basically like what if all those shitty movies we watched in the 80s were actually good <laughs> oh are like, you not, part of it. not a night of the creeps fan i don't hate it but it's also like it's not like a great movie yeah you know there's like movies i love that aren't great movies and sometimes their imperfections are what make them great so like you can't really recreate that but you can go what if we took night of the creeps seriously <laughs> Which, I mean, is kind of what Slither is, in a way. Oh, I fucking love Slither, though. Yeah, Slither's great. Um, but that takes a lot from Night of the Creeps. Yeah, I had so. never... I didn't know that slugs were, like, a thing in Night of the Creeps, so I was like, oh. <laughs> There's this weird thing going on right now where I finally think people are realizing that stuff that we don't normally target to kids should be targeted at kids. Mm-hmm. Like, because, you know, when you're a kid and you love Stephen King, but, like, you're not supposed to because it's R-rated movies and serious books... And I think the same thing kind of happened with superheroes. They kept trying to make it more adult, and the real answer is no, make it more for kids. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to lose anything in making it more, more for kids, which is part of what Into the Spider-Verse shows. Because this doesn't lose a lot of the hard edge of those comics. Yeah, people die in this movie. <laughs> people get fucking shot. Although it does do that one thing that annoys me where you don't really see the the gunshot. You know? I, I, I'm, I'm honestly uh, okay with that. I don't want to traumatize I, kids I, either. <laughs> I have a weird beef with that because I believe it's a way of minimizing what guns do. I, I could uh, I could understand that at least. I'm, I definitely am more on against the Marvel films for that because the Marvel films will do this thing where people either get shot off camera, they will get shot like when they're out of focus in the background so you don't really see anything, or they edit on the gunshot. That's a thing that happens a lot, especially in the Captain America movies. So you don't you only see the gun fire and then you see the person already hit, but you never see the bullet hit the person. You know? Mm-hmm. And I sometimes think about how informed I am in life based on when I watched Minority Report and a character in that movie just gets shot in the stomach. And you just see them get shot. You don't even see the gun. You just see them get shot. And like that really stuck with me. And that's a PG thirteen movie. As crazy as that fucking is. <laughs> Uh, you talking about the window one? Um, I don't want to give. No, it away no. There's later. a different. There's a different one. Okay. Um, I don't want to say because that's actually like a big spoiler for that movie. Okay, I know what you're talking uh, about now. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fucking great movie. Also. Mm. I hope we get to talk about it sometime. Oh, that would be super fun. Yeah. I like. I like. Uh, I like that filmmaker. Anyways. Um, also, shout out to uh, Haley Steinfeld. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Haley Steinfeld. Um, I keep wanting to say Seinfeld. What's the deal with all these Spider-Men? <laughs> George, there's too Imagine... many Spider-Men! Kramer! Well, was... He could have been Peter Porker. <laughs> Wind the clock back like 20 years. I was going to say, like, this Peter Porker is like, Why are millennials in my movies? Oh, yes, that's funny. <laughs> well, no, 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 but see, if you do it like a Seinfeld Spider-Verse, then Kramer <laughs> makes the collider... Oh yeah. <laughs> hey Jerry, uh, don't don't hey, don't Jer- go home today. <laughs> Jerry, we turned this thing on and crazy shit just started happening. <laughs> I saw a little man dressed like a spider, and he was part pig. Newman looks like the kingpin, <laughs> except he's in his federal. Ex- except instead of a suit, he's in the federal express man outfit or the mailman outfit. <laughs> Into the Jerryverse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my god, that would that would have been amazing. The Jerry Seinfeld of this universe dies, and the Bizarro Jerry has to take over. 
my own last wish for that alternate universe. I just need a marine biologist joke in there because that's like oh, my God. favorite joke ever. So anyone here a marine biologist? <laughs> that might be that in cap. That, honestly, that might be like the perfect Seinfeld plot. <laughs> that's like, that's he's lying about being a marine biologist, and he, they need one. <laughs> Off topic, but have you ever read the uh, the fake Seinfeld nine eleven script? No, <laughs> it is the funniest fucking thing I've ever read. I have to it's look the it up after, after it's this. the nine eleven aftermath, but with the Seinfeld character. No. So Jerry's oh. all fucked up. Jerry's all fucked up because there's dust everywhere. <laughs> and he's a germaphobe. George <laughs> George gets mistaken. George gets mistaken for a hero who saved a bunch of people and starts taking credit. <laughs> and Elaine was going to break up with her boyfriend, but he was a fireman and <laughs> now she can't break up with him. Because <laughs> he's now like everyone loves all the firemen, oh, and shit. the the dark, the best and darkest one is Kramer. <laughs> Kramer's trying to get his money back because he lent his box cutter to his friend Mo Atta. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever read. Holy shit! Someone wrote that. Yes, it's so... It's perfect, though. It totally works. It could have been an episode. Oh, my God. Kramer's like, do you remember my friend Mo Atta? And I was always talking about America and all his problems with it. Remember, I told him, well, if you got a problem, why don't you do something? I swear to God, it was... I was dying. Whoever wrote that deserves a fucking Peabody or something. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for taking us down that road. No, fuck it. It's um, amazing. <laughs> it, it, it's so fucking funny. Hello to the Patreon listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, now the Patreon re- listeners know exactly what they should go and read right now. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I did not expect an episode about Into the Spider-Verse to lead us into I, Seinfeld. I gotta 9/11. bring up 9-11 somehow. <laughs> Every time. How does this oh, keep God. happening? Oh, God. Alright, we gotta bring it back. I think the unfortunate thing is that we've learned that 9-11 has happened in both of our universes. <laughs> hey, guys. Who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. I'm from another, another dimension. How many more spider people are there? Hey, fellas. Hello. This could literally not get any weirder. It can get weirder. Okay. I was about to talk about John Mulaney as Spider-Pig, which is a perfect casting. John Mulaney is just so good. I, I'm really hoping John Mulaney hasn't really blown up enough, you know? Yeah. I feel like we're on the verge of like John Mulaney getting in something that will be like, oh shit, John Mulaney. Like, now, like, everyone seems to love him, but he hasn't had that project, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because he, um, he had that sitcom, and it got canceled, like, really quickly. Yeah, I, I'm a big John Mulaney fan, and I, I actually found out about him around that time. Uh, a mutual Twitter pal uh, in front of the show, uh, Skyler, was a big fan, and I started watching the show, and I was like, this is not good like he wasn't he wasn't ready for that yet i i had i actually had the same thing where i saw i didn't watch the show i saw trailers for it like previews for it and i was like that looks terrible but it, it put it was, john but... Mulaney like it, it made me go like well who the fuck is this guy and then i was like oh god this guy's actually funny <laughs> yeah no he he's great um have you heard or read the interview like where uh his pitch for a spider pig movie oh no i haven't Okay, it's not even like some mind-blowing thing. It's just the best premise possible. Where he said mm-hmm. he wants it to, it, like, imagine Spotlight, but in the <laughs> Spider-Pig universe. <laughs> like, less less serious stuff, you know? Like, don't, don't, you don't need to go down that road for an animated movie for kids. But, like, just a day in the life of 
a journalist pig Spider-Man. Hey, yeah. And but just that play it straight. Good. No, like yeah, that could work. At the camera. That could totally work. Like stuff like that just makes me think, like, fuck, this guy is like, he's got it, you know. They they had to learn all these new anim- I mean, not new, but they had to relearn basically classic animation techniques to do Spider Pig, like because they they wanted him to be like a Looney Tunes character, mm-hmm. and people just don't animate cartoons that way anymore. So it's almost a lost art. <laughs> like they had to find like they had to basically teach themselves how to animate like Chuck Jones. <laughs> oh God, yeah, it- the um. All the animation in this, like how it's blended together, because that was a big concern for me even after like loving the trailers when they started coming out. Yeah, uh, it was like, how is this going to work? Yeah, like they're like, so different in tone. One's an- uh, there's Penny Parker, who's like an anime girl. Uh, yeah. Black and white Spider-Man. Nicholas yeah, fucking Spider-Man Cage. Noir, <laughs> which again, I got to bring up, Nicholas Cage going bankrupt and being forced to say yes to every role is the greatest thing to happen to American cinema. <laughs> But he's also I this one makes more sense cuz I know he's a huge comic book fan. So, like he, you know, he's fan. And this was like also that year where like people were like you know, we really it would be cool if we lived in that universe where Tim Burton got to make that Superman movie mm-hmm. with Nick Cage as Superman. And then he was in like three superhero movies that year. Yeah, uh, Teen Titans Go, he finally got to play Superman. That was that made yeah, me yeah, happy. Yeah, he was Superman. Yeah, it was nice to hear, and it was cool. To, I, and I also went into this not knowing he was in this. Oh, so that was really cool. That, that must have been the best surprise. Because, I mean, say what you will about Nick Cage, but he's always, like, he always gives 110%. Yeah, and just, like, he's fucking hilarious in a totally different way from, from all the other characters, too. Like, all the characters bounce off each other really well, but they're mm-hmm. all really distinct. But just something about the way Nick Cage, like, tosses around, like, this hard-edged noir dialogue in this mm-hmm. goofy children's cartoon where he's like we don't pick the ballroom honey we just dance like it's watch well, a seen, funny line i've seen so many animated films mainly from the dreamworks corporation where they have a character with like a really good premise but then it's very clear that the famous voice actor they got didn't get it you know mm-hmm. and it's like so it like just doesn't land and here it's like he totally gets his character <laughs> which is amazing because he really didn't need to. He could have phoned it in, but he, he really didn't, and that's what's great. Uh, I believe that's there's like, even a line in the behind the scenes. I'll just put the clip right here. I'd heard that after his first recording session, he did a few of the lines. The director kept making notes, and then Nicholas just turned and he was like, oh, you want me to go full cage? Is that all you got? You're going to fight or you're just bumping gums, you hard-boiled turtle slapper? He brought the cage. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's amazing. I'm glad he's starting to realize who he is. Yeah, yeah. He's never been a, it's never been a better time to be a Nick Cage fan. Also, yeah. go see Mandy, because I like that weird little movie. Oh, yeah, Mandy's fucking batshit. I'm not <laughs> sure if it's really good, to be honest. But I've, I don't, I've never seen a movie like it. So It's one of those where I think I like, I like the mood it puts me in, but then that makes me think, like, well, they had to do all these things to get me there. So I'm pretty sure it's – at least I would consider it, like, a great film. Yeah, no. yeah. I made my top 15 of last year, but it's also just one of those ones where I'm like, I can't tell if I'm liking this on accident. <laughs> Which I don't mind. Yeah. I mean, hey, I still liked it. Yeah, yeah. Fuck fuck objectivity. It's not a thing. But that's the thing. I, I will say one of the things I do judge people on is that I'm not saying you have to love Nick Cage, but if you're one of those people that goes like, Nick Cage is the worst, I'm not, we're never going to get each other. Yeah. Like, why would you say that when... I don't, I don't know if I should say names, actually, but he's he's good. Oh. I, I think people that get Nick Cage generally can appreciate, like, actors and and their performances, like, uh, in more interesting ways than just, like, they're good, you know? People who get Nick Cage saw The Bad Lieutenant. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> so, Port of Call, New Orleans. Either that or Con Air. Oh, yeah. Nah, Con Air, I mean, Con Air, because that's, like, from an era where, like, all movies were like that for, like, two years. <laughs> but, like, there's not another Bad Lieutenant protocol. And there is another Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> we need to get back to our universes soon. Brooklyn is going to collapse. My family lives in Brooklyn. Whoa, 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 whoa. Miles, what's wrong? Damn. These are, this is a, this was a good movie. And I guess just one more shout out. Just, it's, we got two more. We got 
uh, Zoe Kravitz as Mary Jane Watson. She's like barely in it, but it's nice. Yeah, I didn't know that she was Mary Jane Watson until like a month after I saw it. Um, Oscar Isaacs has a cameo at the very end. Yep. Um, as Spider-Man 2099, which is nice. And just I, the one I don't think gets enough credit is Lily Tomlin as Aunt May. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is Frankie like, herself from yes, Grace and Frankie. Spider- <laughs> That's where you go. <laughs> it's the most recent thing, but yes, Lily, Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin's whole career. <laughs> That's the one you go to. Lily Tomlin as Amy is like, why hasn't someone done this yet? And she's like almost 80 and she's perfect in this movie. Oh, yeah, she's great. And it's like, yeah, and like, you know, and then your podcast co-host could have referenced 9 to 5. <laughs> but they did Grace and Frankie, which, I, you know, I guess it's cool that she's still doing work. Do you not like Grace and Frankie? I haven't watched it, but I just think it's weird that that's where you went. No, uh... It was just off the, the top of my head. People have told me it's good. And by people, I mean one of the doctors who was going to cut me open right before surgery. Oh, okay. I'm getting wheeled in, and she's all like, so, what do you do? And it's like, I don't do much. I watch Netflix, because I'm sick all day. And they're like, oh, I love Grace and Frankie. And I'm like, that sounds nice. <laughs> and it's like, I hope you're going to be fucking thinking about the surgery and not Grace and Frankie <laughs> when, when I'm fucking disemboweled. Oh my god, I, one of these days I gotta be on a podcast where I talk about, how, like, I thought I was getting brought to a room where they were gonna harvest my organs. They brought me to, like, the scariest corner of the hospital. <laughs> and I was, like, getting wheeled by, like, like, they could barely fit my bed through the hallway. I'm like, is this the right place? <laughs> I'm, like, screaming my name and birthday everywhere so I know they're not putting me in the wrong room. <laughs> Uh, our, our medical system's a nightmare. You know, it's not a nightmare. Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's fantastic. Uh, one of the better Spider-Man films. I'm not going to rank them because I hate everything. Um, but it's it's one of my favorites. Uh, one of the movies that actually like deserved a Best Picture. And it, it got it for Best Animated Feature. Uh, probably could have gotten a Best regular feature but that's a whole other conversation i guess but um yeah but these 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 awards are run by cowards and yes obviously but uh yeah no um outstanding it's I, crazy to think how many like top critics end of the year list like never had like we'll have zero movies that are nominated for best picture on them sometimes you know yeah uh well it's because the whole system's just so like rigged by whoever can afford like the most like money on their marketing for like the award ceremonies and well the, it was rigged by everyone's everyone's favorite sex pig harvey weinstein uh, i mean it's he basically made the modern oscar campaign god i hope he just drops dead anyway into the spider first great great film one of the best superhero movies one of the best recent movies period animated or yeah. otherwise just uh it's a little unfortunate that this was the episode where we just kind of went all over the place because that's usually the last one of a retrospective yeah um, um and we got one more to do yeah but we could probably go a little all over the place there uh yeah and also like we could maybe do one more episode about something really weird but yeah. also related to spider-man but i have yet to decide if that's a good idea <laughs> Well, that was that was Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, lots of love for that movie here. We're, we're moving on to the next one now. Next week, same bat time, same bat channel. No, we got one more thing to say. I think would be a good ending. Okay. And which was this was probably as the best Stan Lee cameo ever done. Uh, which is a great way to send off Stan Lee. And this movie is dedicated, you know, to Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, who both passed away. Which and I mean they made Spider Man, uh, even though even though Dicko wanted nothing to do with Spider Man for a long time, and I mean you know it's that thing of he kind of, he did get he definitely got screwed in a way that Stanley didn't. But I also think people sometimes they want to say Stanley did nothing, and I don't think that's true because <laughs> there's just there's too much of Stan's voice is in Spider Man, you know. Yeah. I believe he definitely deserves some... Not all the credit, especially, like, not, you know, not a single person deserves credit for this movie. 
and not a single person deserves credit for Spider-Man. That's just how it is. And maybe that's the best kind of note to leave off the retrospective on, that Spider-Man's really is kind of the people's champion of superheroes, you know? He's he's the everyman. He's the one that that feels the most human, or at least mm-hmm. goes through the most human problems, and maybe the most communal of them all, even though, you know, he's just a dude who shoots web fluid out of his arms. Yeah, and at the end of the day, don't we all shoot web fluid out of our arms? This was never your city. It's mine. If I don't destroy the collider, none of us will have a home to go home to. Remember, what makes you different... Let's go! ...is what makes you Spider-Man. Officer, I love you. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm at Emperor OTN at Twitter, YouTube, and Patreon. Although I'm Emperor, I'm currently Emperor OTN1 because of a weird thing that happened on Twitter. But Wait, what? Yeah, it's a long story. Oh, oh shoot, okay. Well, you could follow me on Twitter at the Diego Crespo. Like and subscribe. If you didn't like this, like and subscribe anyways because you might find something you do like. Check out links to SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, or whatever that's going to be the next time you hear this episode. Uh, Patreon, etc. Links down below. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. That way, that way. Other way, other way, other way, other way. Do animals talk in this dimension? Because I don't want to freak them out.